you ever seem like you're defeated in life? Like, no matter what you do, it doesn't end the way that you want it to. Or no matter how hard you try, it doesn't happen the way that you want it to. That can leave a person feeling defeated at times. Defeated meaning we didn't accomplish what we wanted to accomplish. And we as Christians, more so than anyone, don't want to live like that. See, one of the reasons I came to Christ is because I wanted to have happy and joyful experiences in life. But I had to learn early on that, that having that happy and joyful experience could not depend on life going my way. That there had to be more to Christianity then that kept us hanging on. And I searched and searched and searched until I come to understand what it was that brought that happiness and that peace and that joy. Today's passage of Scripture comes from the book of John, chapter 14, verse 8 through 11. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, we come before you today and thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to, to freely gather in your house. And Father, I just ask that you be with each and every one of us gathered here today to, to, to open up our hearts and minds to, to hear a word that would come from you. Father God, send your spirit to bring excitement and joy into our lives as we seek out your will in all that we do. Father, I ask that on this day that, that you empty me of any words of my own and remove from me any desire to speak my own will, but fill me with your spirit that today we will hear a word from you through your servant. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Pentecost is, to me, the best time of the year because it is when something exciting and new happened in the lives of Christians. It was their first encounter as a whole with the Holy Spirit. Now, in our history as Christians, as we go back into the Old Testament, we will read about people being empowered by the Spirit. Like Moses was empowered by the Spirit to go before Pharaoh. He was empowered by the Spirit to, to lead Israel out of Egypt to the promised land. And Joshua was empowered to, to send their people into battle to conquer the promised land. You see, in those days, it was believed that the Spirit only fell on, on certain individuals that God selected to, to lead his people or to prophesy to them in his name. But when Jesus came into this world, he brought with him the promise that, that 
that in his physical absence that the Father would send another, a counselor, a guide, and a comforter. And he told the disciples on that day that he ascended into heaven, he said, don't leave Jerusalem. Stay there. Because the promise of the Father is coming, and it's going to come, and it's going to fall upon you, and you will be my voice into the world, that the Father will speak through you. Not just into your communities and into your homes, but to the outer edges of the world. And that day came on Pentecost. The disciples were gathered in a house. They were waiting for the promise to come, and, and, it, and it came. And the Scripture says that when the Spirit came, that it came in the sound of a mighty rushing wind. And that there were flames that rested upon each and every one of them. And when the Spirit came, it didn't just come to the disciples. It, it went into the community to all the people who were true worshipers of God. When it came, they didn't know what was happening. They didn't understand. We had people that were gathered in Jerusalem from, from all different nations. They were from Phrygia. They were from Rome, from Egypt, from, from Serene, from Greece. And when the Spirit fell on them, something amazing happened. The Scripture says that, that they began to speak in tongues. Now, Different churches interpret that speaking in tongues in different ways. And I just kind of want to keep it simple and kind of follow with what happened next as it pertains to speaking in tongues. See, what happened was this. The person from Egypt saw a person from Greece speaking. And even though the person from Greece was speaking Greek, the person from Egypt heard it in his own language. That was the miracle that God performed that day. It was a sign of unity that, that even though we are separated as a people by culture and by differences of, of how we think or how we live, in some form or fashion, we all speak a language that others can understand. That language may not be the actual words that come out of your mouths. It may be the way that we look at someone that lets them know that they can find comfort in conversation with us. It may be the way we approach someone in a loving manner and in a respectful manner, regardless of their differences, that says, you know what? You're speaking to me in a way that, that I can hear, words or not. We call that evidence of the Spirit. It's, it's evidence of, of God working through us in the lives of other people. And that's what Pentecost is all about. 
It's about God sending His Spirit to work in our lives to, to just not just empower us, but to impact the world around us. But you know, sometimes, in order for us to impact the world around us, we have to allow the Spirit to impact us. Are you familiar with passages of Scripture that, that reference the Holy Spirit as coming in power and authority? I love it when, when I hear preachers read those passages of Scripture because it, it emboldens me. It makes me feel like that something mighty and wonderful is going to happen as if windows are going to blow out and doors are going to swing open and the world around me is going to change in some form or fashion. And that's how they portray it sometimes. But when we think about what it really means to say that the Holy Spirit comes in power, it has less to do with all those theatrics that, that we have images of in our mind. And it has more to do with God interacting with us. See, to, to have power means to, to be able to influence someone or something. To cause them to, to do something that, that you would want them to do. So when God sends his Holy Spirit to, to live within us, first and foremost, I believe that he is sending that spirit to have power over our own lives. To influence us to change the way that we think about life and, and one another and about Christianity as a whole. That power that God sends is for us individually, not just as a community as a whole. And here's what I'm getting at with that is this. You know what? There are many times in life when, when things didn't go the way that I wanted them to, and I started beating myself down. I started giving up on hopes and dreams. And when you look at outward circumstances and you see how people act or, or you see how much money you have or you see what resources are, are not available, you start thinking and you start losing hope or what it is that, that God has called you to do. Now remember this, the disciples were called to go out into all the nations of the world. Jesus said it like this, to go out and preach and teach and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to make disciples of all men. That is an amazing charge. But, and I'm glad that they were given that charge and not me, because I don't know if I could handle that responsibility. But you know what? That was the charge that they were given we individually probably weren't given that charge. Now, we look at, at their experiences and the examples that they gave us in life and, and see how they lived and see how they experienced God and see the things that they accomplished. And we can say that the evidence is clear. And that's what Jesus was telling Philip that if you can't believe that I am God in your presence and you can't believe that, that the Father is in me and I'm in the Father, if you can't believe the truth of what's being said, then believe the evidence. Look back into history. How many times have I healed the blind? How many times did the lame walk? How many times did the hopeless find hope? Believe the evidence. It is there to impact and change the lives of those around us. And it is there to impact and change the direction that we take in life. 
because it is so easy to quit. It is so easy to give up when God is saying, keep moving forward. It may not look like the picture that you want it to look like today. But it doesn't mean stop. You see, the evidence is this. If we're going to look at the lives of the disciples, for the cause of Christ, they were imprisoned, but they kept preaching and teaching. They were persecuted, but they kept preaching and teaching. And they were put to death because of their beliefs. And because of their actions, they continue today still preaching and teaching and fulfilling the will of God in their lives. I have to admit to you that I failed to do something. I think it was last week. I was sitting in my office and I was talking to Susan and I said, you know what, I, I feel like that, that I forgot to do something this week. And it was something specific. I even said, if I remember correctly, that, you know, I think I forgot to go visit someone. And for the life of me, I couldn't remember who or what, but there was something within that said you forgot to do something. So last Sunday, as I'm standing at the back, Julie Rogers comes up to me and shakes hands. She goes, hey, you forgot to come see Jimmy, didn't you? So that was it. That's what I forgot to do. Don't you hate it when that happens? So I got on my bicycle this week, and I was riding around the neighborhood, and, and I wasn't going to call and, and set up another appointment with him because I scared that, you know, I, I might forget again. So I'm riding around the neighborhood on my bicycle. I ride by his house because I know that Jimmy likes to sit on his front porch every once in a while. And I ride by, and he's not out there. So I make a circle around the community again, come by, and he's not out there. I make my third time around, and there's Jimmy sitting on his front porch. Now I come riding in on my bicycle. I got my Leonard Skinner playing on, on my little iPhone because me and Jimmy's got this Leonard Skinner thing that just kind of bonds us together. We're great fans of them. And I had the great opportunity to sit down and talk with Jimmy about his life and his experiences and to hear about some of the amazing people that he met. Now, there's a guy that used to live in Jacksonville, Florida. His name was Lacey Van Zandt. I'm not sure if anybody knows that, but you might know the name Ronnie and Johnny and Donnie Van Zandt. Lacey is their daddy. They're the singers from Leonard Skinner and 38 Special. Jimmy had the opportunity before Lacey passed away to go to Jacksonville, Florida and sit down in the house them boys grew up with. And it amazed me that his father still lived in that little rundown shack with all the fame that, that their family had acquired. And he had the opportunity to take actual photos of the boys in their family photos that were inside that house. And he had a photo of a shirt that Ronnie was wearing the day he died in the plane crash. He, Jimmy didn't give up on dreams. 
he may not recognize it. But he lived out dreams that other people wished that they could live. And before I got ready to leave, Julie was sitting on the left-hand side. She says, I got to tell you about my faith tree. And I didn't really know what she was talking about in the moment. And she pointed at a, a crepe myrtle that was standing in front of us. She said, I, I, I pulled that tree up while it was just a young shoot out of the backyard and moved it to the front. She goes, but the, the taproot on it, I think is what it's called, broke. She said, but I looked at it, and, and I thought that, you know what, this tree is going to live anyway. So, so she went ahead, and she planted the crepe myrtle tree in the front yard, and time went on, and the tree didn't appear to be producing any forms of life. What few leaves it had on it died and fell off. The bark on the little trunk area was starting to shed. And everyone kept telling her, just dig the tree up and throw it away. It's dead. Put something in its place that's going to live. And Julie said, you know, people told me that month after month, but she said, I couldn't quit and I couldn't give up on that tree. So I kept praying over that tree. And the more I prayed, the, the more people would say, give up on it. And can I share this with you? If you ride by her house today, that dead tree stands about seven foot tall now. See, she didn't give up. She didn't look at the circumstance of what was surrounding her tree. She heard the Holy Spirit speaking in her life. She heard the Holy Spirit give her instruction on what she was to believe and what she was to do. Now, it's true that, that sometimes in life we have to experience some form of death in order to re be reborn anew. And if we cling to the Holy Spirit and the words that he speaks to our hearts and our minds and live our life with passion and hope instead of doubt and fear, we too will see miracles in our lives. And if you can't believe the word of God, then believe the evidence that surrounds your life. Don't quit. Don't give up hope. Follow the rules of the things that God has put before you. And live life one day at a time. Because what might look dead today may very well be in the process of springing to life tomorrow. You see, the Holy Spirit, when he comes in, wants to use his power to influence the way we think. That when we start thinking that it's all over, the Spirit wants to say, no, it's not. That when we start saying there's no need, the Spirit says, yes, there is. You keep fighting. You keep pushing. You keep hoping and you keep believing because God is working a miracle in each and every one of you 
that you may not see the fruits of right now. But the day is coming that you will. Remember the disciples. They wanted to go into one town and the Spirit said no. And then they wanted to go into another town and the Spirit of Jesus said no. But then Paul had a vision to where he was called to Macedonia where he began a new mission. that changed the lives of the people in that community then and has changed the world ever since. So if there's something in your life now where you think you should quit and the Spirit says, go, go. Don't look to outward circumstances. Love your children. Love your community. Love one another. But above all, love God. We celebrate today the coming of power in our lives so that we can live the life of abundance and not live a life of defeat but it's our choice to receive that power and to receive that instruction. Choose life. And stay in the fight. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you today, and again, we thank you for the time that you've given us to come together. And Father, we thank you for sending your spirit into our lives. Because there are too many times in our lives, Father God, when, when we could quit, when we could give up hope, but, but the Spirit comes into our hearts and our minds and pushes us forward, Father God, and creates a new plan, a new thought, or a new idea that we could chase. Or maybe, Father God, your Spirit comes into our lives and just continues to, to push us forward in the direction that we're already going. Help us to keep our dreams of life alive. And help us to keep those dreams focused and centered on you so that you are glorified and exalted through our deeds. Father, I ask that you empower each and every one of us today to receive your spirit, to hear his call as we move forward into our life with you. Christ's name we pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.